Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. It's like nearly nine o'clock. I should have been in bed about 15 years ago. Harry just wants me to go home, but here we are. I'm very excited, actually. I've just finished uh, the interview with the person you're about to hear from. Now, I've wanted to do this interview for a long, long time. I think that the work that this lady is doing is really great. I think she's both a comedian and a thought leader. I think she goes into political areas, which a lot of people don't have the courage to do. And I'm going to talk about that in a few seconds. But I just want to express something about the podcast, which I think is important for us to talk about. And that is that I usually like to do interviews face to face. Now, face to face, I can really get to know the person because sometimes, you know, I've not, they're not my friends. Sometimes I don't know them all that well. I find that when it's face to face, the timing of the pauses and the questions uh, is often better. I think that often there's great rapport when you're face to face. And I've kind of for a while said, well, you know, I'm going to try and minimise the Skype interviews. But when you interview someone in Canada and I can't just whiz over there and they can't whiz over here, then I think that Skype is a great option. Obviously, I'd rather do them face to face for the reasons I've said. So um, I'm letting you know that because I think there is a difference in the interviews with Skype as there is face to face. Also, we get a cut out in the middle, which I'm sure Harry will edit like a legend and you won't even know. Um, so anyway, so the person I'm about to interview is Nicole Arbour. She's a Canadian comedian. Um, while she doesn't want to be known as a YouTuber, she definitely is one. She's a dancer, a choreographer. She's an entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. She's known as the world's sexiest comedian. In 2009, she was voted Wired Magazine's hottest geek. She does these really amazing, very controversial, very well-edited videos Dear feminists, dear religious people, she's had 700 million views on her videos and counting. There's a lot to her. She's doing a lot of things. We talk about multiple streams of income. We talk about being a comedian. We talk about dealing with controversy. We talk about being authentic. I'm going to get straight in. I really enjoyed doing it. I hope you love the interview as much as I did. Here it is, the Disruptive Entrepreneur interview with Nicole Arbour. Nicole, thanks for doing the interview. Thanks for having me. So... <laughs> I'm, I've been trying to work out what you do, um, and I say that with respect. Obviously, you're an actress, you're a comedian, you're a YouTube sensation, you're a social commentator. Um, what do you think, or how do you want to be known? What do you think you do? Well, I'm a comedian, is right. what I actually am, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm a comedian and entrepreneur, and I just all the other things are just derivatives of those two. Mm. And yeah, that's it. I'm an entertainer. I think of myself more of a, an old school entertainer, like how Dick Van Dyke and those guys did everything. Yeah. It's not that I'm dabbling in everything. It's just that, yeah, entertainers should do everything. Mm. And how did you therefore get into all the social media stuff and some of your more, what you might call controversial, political kind of social comments? Is that all just spin-off of comedy or was that kind of like an intentional move? Uh, no, it was just a spin-off of my comedy. I was in a car accident that was uh, really bad in 2008 and couldn't walk and really get out of bed 
that much for a couple of years. Wow. So doing stuff online, I, I had been on the top comedy show in Canada and then went from doing stand-up every night to not being able to do anything. Mm. I couldn't do stand-up, and I started talking to my camera. And then yeah. uh, I was actually recruited to be a YouTuber by a YouTube agency, a huge one here in L.A. So wow. that's how I – yeah. And, and how does being recruited by – I didn't even know that was a thing. How does that How does that work? And I'd never heard of being a YouTuber. Mm. They – like someone called me out of the blue that knew me from the network I was on in Canada and said, hey – we think you'd be a great YouTuber. I'm like, what the hell's a YouTuber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask you language restrictions. I should have asked you that first. Mm. Um, yeah, I asked uh, what a YouTuber is, and I was flown out to LA, and they gave me a briefing, and I was at YouTube headquarters. The next thing I know, I was making some videos, didn't like the way they were skewing me, and brought it back to my stand-up ways. Mm. And so um, what does like controlling your own channel on YouTube involve? I don't consider myself a YouTuber and I don't really want to be known as a YouTuber no. at all, actually. Um, that's just where I post the, some of the stuff that I make. Um, mm. I actually have been more on Facebook the last few years and was part of the initial Facebook watch program, mm. which uh, is awesome. <laughs> I love Facebook as a platform. Uh, YouTubers to me aren't necessarily a group I'd like to be lumped in with, mm. but uh yeah, when it comes to just posting videos on YouTube, I just, I just throw them on there. Yeah. There's nothing special about it. So it's basically a vehicle to get your comedy out to the world. Yeah, it, that's it's just a platform for me. It's not that's not my community to me. Sure. And what is your community? More entrepreneurs, comedians, uh, forward thinkers, the spiritual people. The, the, those are more my tribe. The the awesome ones who are blazing the trail and making the way. Mm. Okay. Cool. So, how has comedy changed? I mean, surely YouTube, Facebook, social media must have changed the game. Well, I would say the last few years it's changed because of political correctness, which is terrifying. <laughs> there there was a, a meeting of the minds yesterday, actually, with like uh, a secret meeting of the minds, I won't say with who, but with a ton of uh, big comedians and political people on both sides. And we mm -hmm. sat down and said, okay, this political correctness stuff is killing all of us. Even if we don't agree on views, we have to come together and say, okay, this is too much and start pushing for each other to be allowed to say what we want. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest way that comedy has changed. And then, you know, there's stand-up comics who are freaking amazing and super talented, but if they never put their stuff online, they're just not going to get the global audience that someone that does go mm -hmm. online will get. So I think that's uh, huge as well. There's mm -hmm. just so many more eyeballs. And I can, I used to do a new set every week at the comedy club and like try out new stuff. Now I do a brand new set, throw it online, and a million people will watch it. Mm. So my open mic has a million people at it. So that's that's pretty different. <laughs> mm. And do you think that's a good thing that it's happened that way? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great exercise. I like the challenge of it. And, you know, I'm doing stand-up comedy clubs too because I'm going to be having a world tour coming. But I really like the challenge of that and getting the instant feedback and mm. it's just new material every week makes me more happy. Mm. So yeah. um, I'm, you must have heard of him because he's big around the world, but there's a big comedian in the UK, Russell Brand. He's brilliant. And I think yeah. he's been really disruptive in the comedy space because he'll do his comedy shows. He'll put a live feed on and he'll interact with his followers while he's doing his comedy show. Um, and they're basically just bring the comedy out through the interaction in the live feed video. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love Russell. You know, I was at a really tiny show of his, like with 50 people or something, getting prepped for his Netflix special a couple months ago. Mm. And I was mm. supposed to meet him after and finally chat. We just missed each other. But uh, I root for that guy so hard. I love how he's brought 
real issues in into his comedy and then still does comedy so well. I think it's awesome and important. Yeah. yeah. And I, th I think also he's um, he's built a following and now he's doing um, comedy is obviously meaningful work, but you know, his book recovery, obviously that's also meaningful work and he's able to use his audience to put um, just not just comedy, but you know, stuff that improves people's lives in a different way. And um, yeah. You're, you're uh, I believe, uh, launching a book and doing the same thing in your own way, of course. Indeed, in my own way. Um, that's uh, How to Lose the Excuses and Fucking Win Already is my book, and that will be available for pre-orders, I believe, right when this comes out. So you can just go to NicoleArbor.ca, grab that guy. And uh, <laughs> I think that's what Russell and I have in common is, yeah. Yeah. you know, some people will see my stuff as controversial, but I see it as topics we need to discuss because – when there's an issue, you got to bring it up. You got to rip that bandaid off and just freaking be real and go for it. And I think that comedians have always been the ones who can do that. And we have to keep being those ones. So yeah. I love the way he talks about recovery and I try and get in on other topics. Mm. I think the point you made about kind of it being different for comedians because of all the PC stuff, the more I think about that, the, the more I think, you know what, you're right. Because, you know, if you watch old Eddie Murphy stuff or old Chris Rock stuff or old whoever stuff you love. I like, I like Frankie Boyle. He's an English Scottish comedian, like the most close to the line comedian ever. So I just wanted to say from someone experiencing huge amount of overweight and you could translate that into not being successful in your business or, you know, not having a happy relationship. Sometimes the shame the public humiliation, the, you know, the realization of the truth actually helps you solve the problem. I'm really glad that that worked for you. And I actually think it's true too. And for me, like I got so many people writing me and I still get it daily thanking me for that video. So I have to be like, okay, do I focus on those people who are offended and weren't going to do shit anyway and are never going to change the situation or focus on the people that it's actually helped. Mm. And I always have to look over there because those ones I'm not going to help anyway. Sure. And when it comes to myself, I don't know if you ever watched that video, but because I was disabled for years, I would look at people that are perfectly able-bodied but are killing themselves, and it would drive me insane. Mm. I'm like, you are out there ruining your own body. I wish I could go for a walk. I wish I could go to the gym. And you guys are just ruining and taking yourselves for granted it drove me crazy so i'm glad i talked about it i'm still glad it still shocks me though when like full-grown adults are like oh, you you said fat people need to lose weight and i'm like yeah because they do like what when did this happen where we're not allowed to be honest and tell the truth it's really strange yeah and i think what a lot of people don't understand is by telling someone the truth actually that is caring for them even if it is in a direct way you know, yeah. what do, you, do you not tell them the truth and therefore not care about them? So It's like the friend that has the booger hanging from their nose. Do you <laughs> tell them? Do you not embarrass them? I would rather tell them there's a booger and just go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got, you got to tell them. Mm. You got to tell them. So this controversy that, um, you know, seems to sometimes follow you, how do you yeah. feel about it honestly? You know, do you just embrace it? Do you roll with it? Does it actually inside make you feel, question what you do sometimes? Because, you know, like there's a lot of people that say, hey, look, just embrace the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. But, you know, yeah. like I know sometimes I'm scared. I know sometimes inside I don't like the critics that I have, even though yeah. I'm coaching other people to accept having critics. So how do you feel about all the controversy and some of the stuff that's said? So my honest opinion on that is that... Yeah, be honest. I, don't lie. I, I'm not going to. I won't. I don't give a shoot if someone doesn't like my comedy or if they don't think I'm funny or they think I'm ugly or whatever, whatever petty insults they want to throw or they, I'm just not their cup of tea. Mm. I don't give a shit. 
But if they throw things like you're racist, you're, you hate fat people. It's those things that I'm like, you're a psychopath. Like you have to try and slander me and try and take me down to try and make yourself look better. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it bugs me. I'm like, that's a, that's a low level of a human being to stoop to because I'm like child, you know, people who rape children and racists, like that's how I see the worst things in history and in life. So when people are like, Oh, you're racist. I'm like, because I made a comedy video, you know what I mean? That's when I get annoyed with it. But I I roll with it because what's the, what's the option? I'm not going to quit. That's not going to happen. I'm not just going to do fluffy, cute little pieces where I'm doing makeup tutorials because it's easy. No, it's not who I am. I'm going to do what I'm here to do, you know? Yeah. I, I guess being a comedian, you know, you, you have to deal with the shit that comes along with it, the criticism, the heckling, the being in a room with no laughs. I go to comedy shows quite a lot. Yeah. And the most sympathy for anyone I have in the whole world ever, other than children, <laughs> is <laughs> when a comedian does a set and absolutely bombs. I just want the what, what courage it takes, and I guess that's that must have happened to every comedian. Oh yeah, it's God, it's such a fun rush, and it's funny because the video I had just put out, um, "This Is America," the music video. I don't know if you saw it. Um, no, I, guys, I watched the first half. Yeah, and then I um, got distracted by everything else, and yeah, life happens. It's all yeah. I'm offended. I'm so offended. <laughs> uh, yeah, but in the UK, they didn't have the same response as in America, where. You know, it was obviously I had taken an idea. I did my own like parody cover version, but twisted the message to women issues. And the UK was like, "Oh, cool! This is what she did." In the US, they were like, "Racist! She stole it from a black man, and she's you know plagiarized and all mm. this stuff." And I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> mm. It's just it's just so interesting to like flip that around. But again, you just you just got to take it. You just got to keep going. Yeah. 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 There seems to be a lot of uh, planning and brilliant editing and choreographing and even storyboarding in your videos. Some of your videos, are, they look natural and off the cuff, but I know that there's a lot of skill and a lot of work that's gone into those videos, or at least it looks it. So can you sort of explain how you come up with a concept and get one of these really good videos out there? Uh, sure. Generally, something pisses me off. That's usually how it starts. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I let the audience vote on which one they want first. And uh, yeah, something pisses me off. I write down some quick points about it on my whiteboard, and then I just go at it for an hour. I just It is off the cuff. Yeah. And I just record myself for about, usually about an hour to take it down to six minutes because I could post longer videos, but six minutes seems to be the sweet spot online for when people yeah. will retain it. Yeah. And then uh, I edit. And I'm just I writing this down, six minutes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, no uh, 3.5 to 6 is the general, that's the good one in there. Yeah. Bite-sized, bite-sized content. They could watch it if they're taking a long dump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true, it's totally true. And then, uh, yeah, I edit that myself. And you do it yourself? I do, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I just go in there and make sure I hit the main topics that I want to include, pepper in enough comedy and... That's usually how I do it. And I use NLP. I'm sure you're familiar with NLP. Yeah. That's why I do my edit timing the way that I do it. Almost like a DJ when they're mixing in sounds and songs is uh, to keep people's brains refocused after I say a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way you cut in everything is you move yourself around the video. And then when you do a different voice, it's like over here in a different, almost a different light. 
Hmm. I can't. I am gobsmacked. You do that yourself. I think that's amazing. Thank you. I'm yeah. gobsmacked. But you're surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> surprised, but it just looked like it was a professional editor editing you, and you do the content. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to judge that you couldn't do those things, but. That's okay. It happens in every single interview and podcast I do. There's yeah. always at least one moment where they're like, but wait, you do that too? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I do. And that must, <laughs> that, that must take a long time. It does. Um, those videos, when I really go into it, could take me three days. Wow. Um, yeah, of like solid editing because it's taken that down and you know but I am going to be uh, getting an actual production team in now because I do produce yeah. so I'm like okay I'm going to bring those teams into myself let's up the quality of everything and I'm going to be much more late night talk show format very soon yeah and so when you say production you mean someone filming you professionally someone editing etc is that what you mean I'll over I'll always be overseeing the editing because the editing is where the comedy is you can kill or make laughs right, with yeah. mm. so They'll be overseeing that, but yeah, someone else will be filming, uh, doing the initial sweep of the edit, organizing footage for me, and uh, I'm just going to be heightening everything. I'm freaking excited. It's going to be awesome. Mm. You know what? Like, I've always outsourced all the editing, all the videography, everything. Cool. Yeah, now, but now you're making me want to look at my own videos and edit them myself. So It's fun because like, I'll catch things that when I have had editors help me on a couple of the couple of the videos I'll be like wait don't you remember I said this it was probably at around 15 minutes I said something about that and they're like yeah. oh yeah I'm like well that has to be in it mm. we can't have this video without this point and then I end up going back in it mm. anyway <laughs> so you, you'll take an hour of content and that will be six minutes yes yes and it's not mm. that the other rest of it isn't good mm. I'm not gonna do math I'm like 40 no it's fine um it's not that the rest of it isn't good it's that it, it would be an hour-long set you know what I mean? It's the yeah. difference between a long set and a YouTube video or mm. Facebook video or whatever. So, yeah. And this hour-long set, are you just literally talking to a camera? Yeah. Because you're not doing a live in the hour, are you? This is just like no. a, a, a recorded. I'm just talking to my camera. And the first, like, 600 million views I got were just me on my cell phone. That's yeah. just myself like that with a single light. And then I edit on my MacBook. Right. So... It was kind of fun, too, because anybody that's like, oh, I don't have the equipment, yeah. I can't make videos, I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> and then for the live feeds, how are they different? Because I've watched some, you know, a lot of your lives as well. How do you make them different to, obviously, your more planned, edited content? Um, live streams are really fun for me. I just, because I can talk to the audience, too, which is really fun. Yeah. But I'm, uh, Sorry, I was just going to jump in. I saw you, you did one while you were putting your makeup on. Yeah. And you just had the video there and you were still chatting away while you put yeah. your makeup on. Made me want to have makeup. <laughs> I'll teach you. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is people are always like, how do you do your makeup? What do you do? I'm like, you guys really want to see that? All right. And, you know, just having a chat with people is kind of fun sometimes. Shows everyone a different side of you. Mm. And it's more conversational and more. it's just more fun sometimes. Sure. So then there's yeah. like the other videos that are more hyper-produced, the live streams, which are more interactive. And uh, I do love how interactive it is, though. Mm. I'm like, wow, it's like a live comment section. Mm. <laughs> when I do stand-up, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a really live comment section. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. And is it different doing comedy on a live to a real audience? I mean, I assume it is, but could you sort of talk us about that? It's totally different. Um, my timing, last time I did stand-up, like when I was doing a, a show here in L.A., I realized my timing is off for the stage now a little bit and I got to readjust because I was going so quick mm. because mm. online 
I like to jam as much as I can in there because you can rewind and watch it again. But in real life, I got to take that moment, let the crowd laugh, wait for the laugh to die a little bit and not step on my own laughs and then start the next part. So I was uh, moving a bit too quick in real life. So I'm just going to work on my pacing again and it's fun. Yeah. Feeling the real life laughs is cool. I forgot how good that feels. (laughs) Cool. Um, could we sort of move into a bit more about business now? Because, you know, you obviously want to help entrepreneurs. Oh, Always. this is your serious face. Isn't it? <laughs> serious face um, so let's talk about y- your business first, if that's all right. How do you make your living? Obviously, you're a comedian. Do you have other income streams? How, how seriously do you take the business? Um, I know plenty of successful people in the UK who are like, they'll be a sports person, their agent does everything. And then I know others who are very successful who do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. So just want to kind of talk through how you roll. How I roll. Well, yeah. uh, as I have on some of my merch, I like more CEOs, less Insta hosts. <laughs> uh, I run the business and yeah. uh, I definitely run the business. And I also have a production company. So a lot of people might not know but I've created award-winning and record-breaking branded entertainment for companies along the lines of Virgin Mobile and Axe and Molson and Unilever and just like massive brands. I've worked with uh, Richard Branson on different things too. Mm -hmm. And that to me is one of my favorite avenues. I love working with giant brands, helping them understand social as well as make content that's gonna go viral on its own. Mm -hmm. So for my clients, I've racked up over 55 viral videos. Boom, boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm all about helping people learn how to make awesome shit. So you don't have to have tricks and little hashtags and all this stuff. It's make cool shit and it will go. And then people will attach that experience to your product and that will help sell your product. Mm -hmm. So that's a large part of what I do aside from my face being on a camera. Um, And then I also host a lot of live events. So like pool parties in Las Vegas, Mm. meet streets and nightclubs, stuff like that. I get booked for those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I do acting and that kind of stuff too. work with a lot of brands on my socials and develop their branded content. And then obviously I get paid from YouTube views, Facebook views, and then uh, third party content posting. Yeah. So there's lots of revenue streams, lots Mm. and lots. And then there's merch and, there's lots. Oh, and speaking is my favorite thing that I've been doing and I've been booked a lot for. Right. So I love doing talks and blending with that entrepreneur crowd. It's super mm. fun. Yeah. Um, I wrote a book called Money and um, the average millionaire has three income streams and many have sort of seven or eight and nine. And I think in the modern world, it's really important to have multiple streams of income. You know, like with this social media world, you know, like what, what's happened with Roseanne. She said something and she's been pulled off all TV. And it's yep. like, so that income stream can completely dry up. And it sounds like you've got it sorted with multiple streams. So I will, I'll answer that in a sec, but I want to say thank you because it's people like you who are on the internet and making these books and making this content to help people like me understand, you know, the entrepreneurship and the money. So, you know, sitting beside me, I don't have Cosmo. I have like, this is not my house. I have Forbes. Yeah. I have yeah. science of getting rich. And mm. like, I, I aspire and look up to people like you. So thank you mm, for pleasure. helping stand. You know, like I need these multiple income streams. And years ago I said, I, I'm sick of having old white dudes, one, take credit for my work, which happened constantly. Mm. I'd be brought into these huge brands Um, this wasn't at Nike, but someone like a Nike where I came up with an entire ad campaign for them from scratch. And then when it came down to it and it rocked it and it was on all the billboards, it was on the shirts, it won awards. 
there were these old white dudes from an ad agency accepting awards for 100% of my work. Mm. And then I hated auditioning for people and then knowing that I could be fired at any time. So yeah. I was like, you know what, screw this. I, I want the control. I want to be in charge of my own life. People can come to me directly, which is why I consult now. Mm. And I want, I blew up my own brand so people knew it's me doing it. And I just, I don't want to ever be giving away the control to some agent and let them blindly lead my career mm. or managers who I have very historically not had a great time with because I would be like, no, I don't want to do one thing. I have to do all of these things. And they're like, oh, you just got to focus on one. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Mm. Artists don't need managers anymore. You need a CEO. Yeah. You need to be running yourself like a business. Mm. So I'm really lucky that there's people online and in the world like you yeah. that I get to learn from. And mm. that's, uh, that's what I would recommend to all artists. A hundred percent. I used to be an artist uh, and I never made any money from it. And it was almost like cool not to make any money. I used to listen to the Rage Against the Machine, hated yeah. the system, you know, yeah. like I was anti-capitalist <laughs> and I was unhappy and skint. And, you know, when the doors were closed and no one was judging me, I wanted more money. And yeah. I think that there's nothing wrong with an artist, be it a comedian, an artist, you know, a content creator, a curator, or some kind of creative there's nothing wrong with balancing the capitalism of making money, getting paid fairly for your yep. work, valuing your time, selling your time. Um, yeah. And something else I really believe, um, and I just want everyone to know this is, you never know when things are going to be hard. You never know when there's going to be a recession. You never know when there's going to be some awful legal case. So if you've got a brand and you're blowing up, then, you know, I'm obviously not your agent, but if I was your agent, I'd be the opposite of your old agent. I'd be like, do this, do that, do this. In the end, you'd be like, Rob, this is too much. I'm making too much money. I'm doing too many things. Because, you know, you, you know, like um, a good friend of mine um, is called, his name is um, Kevin Clifton. And in, I don't know if you know in, in um, Canada and America, but there's a massive show in England called Strictly Come Dancing. Have you heard of that one? Love it. Yeah. yeah. Massive one. So Kevin's like the best dancer on there by a mile. I'm biased because he's a client and a friend of mine. Um, but he's smart. He's like in his 30s. He's investing in property and none of the other dancers are. And he knows that next year Strictly could say, we don't want you on. We want someone younger. Uh, you're off. So he's doing, a he's doing a world tour. He's doing that himself. He's setting up a school. He's reading all these business books like you are. He's, um, you know, he's making a load of money now because in two years, that might be gone. Make hay while the sun shines. It's so true. It's so, so true. And I love hearing that. And for myself, I look at people say like, oh, what are you going to do when you're not pretty, Nicole? I'm like, well, I've never made my money from being pretty, actually. Mm. So whatever. I'm going to Betty White this shit. Comedy doesn't age out. No. And yeah. I write for other people, too. I've actually like written on some stuff for BBC. And there's always going to be different avenues. Mm. So I want to make sure that I'm utilizing those properly, especially before I like, you know, get into the whole have a husband and kids thing. I want to really push this hard to set myself up and then, you know, start adding on from there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's always encouraging hearing, you know, someone successful like you saying I'm, I'm doing the right way. That's yeah. very good. Well, look, I, I, what, I don't want to project judgments onto other people. I'm just obviously giving my opinion um, but it's also nice hearing you say that, you know, you, that you feel that's good advice. I think, um, you know, sometimes I think people really worry about their brand and whether they should do this and that and the other and how it might affect it. But, you know, like sometimes it's just good to get out there and take the opportunities and see where they go. 
Um, yeah. I interviewed Grant Cardone just recently, and that guy gets himself out there, out yeah. there, everywhere. I said to him, what, what social media platform is the best one that you're using? He said, all of them. Um, I've even, I'm on Weibo in China, all of them. And oh, I really admire people who put, because, you know, you have this vision, don't you, and a plan of what you might be in your life, whether you're 10 or 20 or 30, but often life takes you over here and over here. I never thought I'd be doing podcasts, so I'd be a podcaster. That's, that was yeah, just yeah. randomness. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said for taking opportunities when they come, because you're not always going to get them. Not Maybe not taking yourself too seriously, but trying to do good work. And, yeah. Hey, look, see where they, they take you. I think some people are a bit overly protective about what they should take and their brand. And I think so too. And I know some entertainers that are so like, oh, Nicole, I don't want to swear. I don't want to say any of this or that because mm. I want to work with Disney one day. And I'm like, Robin Williams is the filthiest fucking graffiti <laughs> I've ever seen live. He, I went with my dad. He was amazing. Coke, hookers, everything <laughs> you could think of. Eating you know what. 10 minutes on it. And he has been in more Disney movies than any comedian in history. Yeah. I think that there's, I just think when we're just like out there and just being ourselves, I think authenticity is like the new currency. Mm. Authenticity and hustle are the currencies and those don't run out. So mm. I think when we're putting our feet to the ground and sprinting based on those, it's, it's yeah. really good. How, I think it's easy, isn't it, to say, be authentic. But so many people aren't being, so it can't be that easy to be authentic. Otherwise, everyone would just behave being themselves. So have you got any yep. tips on making people feel comfortable about being themselves? Everything you want in your life is on the other side of fear. And everybody knows that. And if you're scared of being authentic, which most people are, you're scared of being judged. It's that mm. judgment. You're like, mm. What if I say something they don't like me? Let them. Yeah. The most incredible thing that happened to me in my life was dear fat people not because of the views not because of the controversy but because i set myself up knowing that i'm going to be hated and i was okay with being the villain mm. you know five foot nine white blue-eyed blonde girl we're taught you know be the popular cheerleader and you have to make everybody like you and be nice and whatever and I, for me to shed that skin and be like i'm okay with people hating me because i believe i'm doing the right thing was empowering as fuck mm. <laughs> like it, once you get okay with it it's yeah. it's freeing mm. and i think also i think a lot of people don't realize that actually if you want to be more successful and get out there more haters and critics that's part of what you get a lot of people want all the fans and none of the haters and they think okay well if i say x and y I'll get all of the fans and none of the haters. No, if you say X and Y, you just get different fans and different haters. Yep. So owning the fact that whatever you do, you're going to get critics, you might as well be yourself. Um, I remember I had the shittest Vauxhall Astra as my first car. It was rusty. It was awful. And I used to, this is embarrassing to say, Nicole, but I used to go down to McDonald's car park and park it up with all the other really crappy cars. I put a little bit of a bigger exhaust on it and, you know, tried oh, to make it a bit better. Uh, yeah, I was that guy. Oh and, my God. and people would say, look at you, you're a wanker. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to go out there and make something in my life. And I remember the day I bought my first Ferrari and I drove it down the high street and everyone called me a wanker. So shit car, great car. They'll judge you anyway. So I don't know why I'm putting my receding hairline in the... In the in, um, they're going to judge you no matter what. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about the bad your view. Ah, I'm um, back, I'm back. 
That's so <laughs> I'll I'm shining it for you. They're going to judge you anyway. That's a great story. So That's why don't you just put yourself out in the world? Also, you know, there's a lot of people say, hey, I want people to just love me for who I am. But if you're not showing the world who you are, people love the version of yourself you're putting out in the world who isn't you, therefore they're not loving you, therefore you'll always feel empty. Amen. Can you, like, please just chop that little section and send it to me so I can post that everywhere? Done. That's, like, that is so hashtag go team. That is some go team <laughs> shit right there. That is so true. If you're not putting out real you, then not putting out, but hey, do your thing. Um, <laughs> if you're not putting out real you, you're letting people love a fake version of you. And I had this chat with a friend yesterday. He's so intelligent. Like, he's, I would say, the most intelligent human being I've ever met, but I, he's he lives in this fear, this deathly fear of people not liking him or not being himself. And he's like, well, people have not liked it when I acted like that before. I'm like, fuck them. Don't hang out with them. You know, like, darling, you gotta, you just gotta go for it. Yeah. And I just know that based on who I am, if I get to the end and I'm an old lady or I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to regret going for it. There's going to be a 0% chance. It's always an adventure. And every time I go for it. The people I'm attracting are people like you. And I was on Bradley's podcast, uh, who's good friends with uh, Cardone, mm. and you know runs the podcasts, uh, runs the stuff for uh, uh, Damon, Damon John, and like a bunch of other people. Mm. And I'm getting invited to these amazing events. Like you're attracting your tribe. Yeah. Your vibe attracts your tribe, and mm. I, I like the direction I'm going. So if me being myself gets some people who are too scared to be themselves mad at me, but I'm attracting people who I find successful and I admire. Fuck it. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. making a good, good trade. And good trade. I think also when you're being true to who you are and saying the things that matter, I think that gives other people the courage to do the same. And yeah. I think that's a great gift that we can give to the world is, um, and if we have to take a few haters on the chin for that, then that's our price that we pay. But to give someone the courage to go, you know what, this is who I am. I know I'm flawed, as we all are. But also I've got skills and people like Nicole, she puts, takes flack for who she is and handles it well. And therefore I know I can do it. I don't know many other gifts that you can give to people that can be better than that. I love that. And well, I'm going to say thank you to that because it felt like a bit of a compliment it too. It was. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like, that's why, you know, I think it was two weeks ago with my This Is America video that it had such... And in, like, yeah, that one went viral, whatever. Mm. Videos go viral all the time. That doesn't Not mine. Work. Mine don't. We'll work on that. We'll work, uh. I'll help you work on that. But <laughs> yeah, that didn't, that doesn't like give me the buzz anymore. It's the, the messaging. And to see some people, you know, lashing out and I'm like, I'm built for this. Mm. I had people calling and being like, are you okay? Like they said this about you in the press today. And I'm like, yeah, they did. Like, meh, well, meh. Mm. Like I'm. I seem to be built for this machine and I feel like the more I walk through the fire, the more I'm getting fireproof. Mm. So, you know, I'm building up a thicker callus on, on my body to mm. the comments and mm. I can identify people. They're, they're a mirror. It's a reflection. The comments to me are a reflection of where they're at, how they feel yeah. and what they're scared to talk about. So, uh, it's really interesting. Like, mm. I feel like I get to step back sometimes and be like, Oh, what a cool experiment. <laughs> this is how this kind of person reacted to this. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think being a comedian kind of helps with that? Because, you know, you have to kind of put your heart out to the world to be eaten up by other people when you're a comedian, don't you? Yeah. Well, there's, eh, there's, I do, but there's some comics that just do jokes, mm. you know? Yeah. And 
I used to just do jokes because it was a lot easier. Mm. My old stand-up, like if you saw when I started doing stand-up, it, like I'd like to think it was funny, some funnier than others, but uh, it was fluff when it comes down to it. It was just things I know will make people laugh, not things I know we need to talk about. Yeah. And I get so much more gratification, and I feel like I'm actually changing the world when I'm doing this shit. Mm. So there are comics that live in this space and power to them, but I just... I got to go there. Yeah. I, you know, I see Chappelle and the way that he addresses things. And I'm like, yeah, we got to, we got to stay in that lane. There has to be at least some of us still staying in the Joe Rogan kind of Dave Chappelle, that side of things it makes mm. me happy. Like Ricky Gervais, love him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Still talk about real shit too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's using his social media to really bash against all the animal cruelty and all of that. And I, I, I think that, in the modern world, you can do your profession, build a following, and then use that following to make the difference in the world that you also want to make that's not just about business. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, if you're following him on Instagram, DiCaprio, you know, he, he's, he's really making great messages about saving the planet, as is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think that's another great spin-off of building a following, is you can, you know, comedy is meaningful work, being in property or um, any kind of business is meaningful work, but then there's meaningful work which is you know helping planets and helping people in need and you get to do that when you have a platform so you know i think you need a platform people like i've always thought that this is why i don't feel bad about money and why i feel like i deserve more and more is coming to me all the time and like yeah i'm gonna do good shit with Mm. it and broke people can't help people like they can at a very small one-to-one scale, mm. but I want to do things on giant scales. Mm. I see, you know, Richard Branson. I'm like, yes, look at the foundations. Look at the way he helps. Like, you got to go really big if you want to make a big impact. So mm. I, I'm really excited about that stuff. Yeah, cool. social media. Yeah. Uh, and hey, you're the, um, to me, you're one of the best at it. I just think you're brilliant. So I've got a few quick fire questions, if that's all right. I don't want to keep. Okay, cool. Um, but. <laughs> There is one not so quick fire before we go into the quick fire. Uh, And you said you help, um, I wrote it down, you said that you help people make cool shit. I think there's a lot more wisdom in that than you gave on. So how do people make cool shit, whatever that means? I like to start with an emotion. So any, anything, absolutely anything right here. I'm holding, uh, I'm holding this. I'm holding a lipstick. Actually, this is my lipstick. That's coming out soon. Get lippy A. Um, <laughs> lipstick. Why, why do I want this lipstick? Oops. Why, why do I want this? How is this going to make me feel when I put this on? It is always feeling. Okay. So is it making me feel sexy? Am I feeling empowered? Am I feeling like, fuck that ex-boyfriend? I don't need you. I'm going to get new attention. You always have to find the feeling in anything and mm. start from there. So how do people, like in one of my videos, like, you know, do I want them to laugh? Do I want them to be angry and, you know, resolve something? I always start with a feeling and then build it out from there and make people feel that. And it works every time, Mm. every single time, because we can all connect on feelings because we all have them, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah. There's this famous (laughs) saying, isn't there, that people will um, forget what you told them, but um, never forget how you made them feel. Exactly. Yeah, I've just taken some notes here. I'm like your best. I'm your. I will be your best student, Nicole. I'm taking. Woo-hoo! I'm gonna have courses coming out too. Yeah, yeah. oh, you'll have. You'll be ruling the world. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So the best advice you've ever received is get up and keep going. Like get up, keep going. So 
I've heard that from coaches throughout my life, dance teachers. I had crazy, some crazy coaches. I was on Team Canada cheerleading, and I remember my one coach came up to me. I was too young to be on that team. I don't even know now how I even made it. And he was like, do a back tuck. And I was like, I don't know how to do a back tuck. And he's like, you do it now or you're off the team. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I did it, and I landed on my face. And he's like, now you know not to do it that way. And he's like, yeah, I'm a coach to learn properly. But it was like he wanted to see me just do it. And, you know, falling on your face, you just got to get up and you got to keep going. And uh, I was so lucky to talk about this. We were at the Stanley Cup for hockey two days ago in Vegas. I got to take my dad, which was amazing, because without him yelling at me, and he's only like really yelled at me once in my life when I was disabled, he came and he yelled at me after a couple of years. And he's like, get up, like, get the fuck up. I don't care that you're disabled. I don't care that you have the certificate and you're on disability. I don't give a shit what these doctors say. Is this it? Are you done? This, this is the, this is your life now. You're going to live on the floor. And because he yelled at me and it pissed me off so much, I got up mm. and I kept going. <laughs> and that's literally all you can do. Like no matter what happens in business and life. And I, I just, yeah, that's it. You get a divorce, get up, keep going. Mm. You know, like if you're depressed, some people will disagree, but I believe you can get up and keep going. If you have financial ruin, I've been completely broke, like negative money in my bank account before. Mm. And you get up and you keep going. Mm. And I'm happy to say I'm not there now, you know, mm. but the only time the game stops is when you stop playing. Yeah, right. Yeah. The worst advice ever. Oh, be safe and worry about other people's opinions mm. along mm. those lines. You know, like... You know, don't, don't get too many people looking at you. You don't, you don't want too much attention. Just like, just do whatever, you know? And my mom, love her. She's helped me a lot, but she used to be like, Nicole, just, just go take the job. A job is to make money. The purpose of a job is to make money. And I'm like, no, it's not. And I, I fought with her for this, like for years, mm -hmm. she was happy for me to, you know, go be an entertainment news reporter. And I'm like, that's a great job but I want to be the one they're talking about. Mm. Like that's not for me. And I don't want to be a nurse just cause I can, I don't, I don't want to do these things, you know? So I think that me actually, I was thinking about it. Yeah. That was the worst advice mm. is like, do what's safe. Playing yeah. safe. I think is the worst advice possible. Mm. My, um, the quote that I'm the most known for is if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Ooh, uh, there you good. go. All right, cool. So um, who most inspires you? Pick anyone, but who really inspires you? Right now, it's big entrepreneurs. It's the big entrepreneurs that I look up to as much as... I actually think that big entrepreneurs are the new politicians mm. and are the new wave of thinking and are globally impacting people on a level that's far beyond business. So that's who I listen to every day. That's who I look up to. That's what I aspire to. Mm. Cool. Yeah. What's wrong in the world that you want to change? There's a lot. Other than um, political correctness, we've done that one. <laughs> yeah, correctness, that's an obvious one. Uh, I think unnecessary suffering that we impose on ourselves, be it the way that we do things and it hurts us, and then we live in that hurt and don't move on from it. We stay in crappy relationships. We stay at a job we don't want. We wear clothes that don't make us comfortable, but we think will fit in. Like the self-imposed suffering, I think, is the stupidest shit that's going on in the world. And it's so fixable if we just keep it real. So mm. in my lifetime, that'd be pretty awesome to change. Cool. And then finally, yeah. where, where do you want us to go to find out more about you? Give us another plug of your book and, you know, what you're up to. 
Yeah, um, how to lose the excuses and fucking win already. You can go to Nicole Arbor, A-R-B-O-U-R, dot C-A, and there's the pre-order link there now. Uh, on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Nicole Arbor fans. Woot! YouTube, not a YouTuber, but use YouTube. Uh, YouTube, I'm Nicole Arbor. Twitter, Nicole Arbor. But Instagram, letter I, letter B, Nicole Arbor, because someone stole my name and tried to sell it back to me, and out of principle, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, I follow you on all of those, and I get I, I love your work. I just want to say thanks a heck of a lot for taking time. Uh, obviously, you're busy. There's a load of things you could be doing. I'm really honoured that you wanted to do the podcast. I think that this our listeners are going to love this. Um, so you are awesome. Thank you very much. You're awesome. Thank you so much. And sorry about the wait. I appreciate you, and thank you for having oh, me cool. on.